Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 11 to 1 with Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kings Court. Visit our showrooms or check out our new website, gilmores.ie, to see the amazing 222 range of Mercedes-Benz cars or our huge selection of used Mercedes-Benz vehicles. Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kings Court, the best in motoring here for you. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. Good morning. You can get in touch 086-1800-658. This is for all the Leave Insert students. It's Journey on LMFM's 11 to 1. Journey, don't stop believing. Kicking us off this Wednesday morning. This is LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. And that song was for the Leave Inserts because more than 131,000 students have started the Leave Insert Applied and also the Junior Cycle exams this morning. And it just brought me right back to the Leave Insert in 2002. And things that you will notice Every single time it's leave insert season, this is what will happen. There's a, there's a list. I have compiled a list for you this morning. Oh, yeah. Number one, the weather will always be the focus of attention at some point. Now, it's not exactly leave insert weather out there at the moment, but during the two week stint of exams, leave insert students will find themselves gazing longingly out of the window as the sun splits the stones. It's going to happen. You know, it just might not be today. It could be, you know, halfway through. We'd be all delighted they'll be inside doing the exams. Number two, everyone starts praying for you. Mammy lit a candle. Nana's doing the novena. Th- that's sure to help. Be grand. Be absolutely grand. Number three, the last minute study crammer. Oh yeah, they've stayed up all night. They're jacked up on caffeine and energy drinks. They're still trying to study as they walk into the exams. There's always one every year. Number four, oh, there's always one of these as well. The attempt to cheat. Every single year there's a rumour that so-and-so has written notes all over their body for the exam and you all watch with bated breath as they go to the toilets to suss out what they've scrawled during the exam. It's always a rumour going around about that. Number five, that one student that'll put up their hand constantly for more paper, which will put the fear of God into the rest of us. What are you writing about that you need more paper? Put your hand down. Come on now. Number five, that one paper that was outrageously hard and unfair. They asked us about an experiment that was banned in biology in the Leave Insert of 2002. I've never forgiven them for it. C in biology. Disgraceful. (laughs) Number six, 
Similarly, that safe bet for the English poetry never showed up. God damn it, why did I only study one poet? <laughs> Always happens. Uh, that other student that uh, leaves the exam after the half hour limit, you know that they just don't care about the process at all. You can't blame them. You see them every time you're going, oh, he's away or she's away. The half hour is up. <laughs> Off they go. Number eight. And this is really annoying. There's always that one kind of friend that asks you, oh, what did you write for question three on paper two? And as he or she prattles on, you kind of fill with dread thinking, I did not write what you wrote. Don't worry, Leaving Cert students. They'll be back next year to repeat. Let them prattle on. You know what you wrote is right. And finally, the ultimate night out is planned for the end of the Leaving Cert. Oh, yes. Where you let your hair down, you haven't a care in the world until the results come out. <laughs> but uh, parents listening in today that might be freaking out about Leaving Cert students, don't be worrying. Look, it's not the be all and end all, is it? You know? Look at me, I probably could have gotten in here with no leaving cert. You know, there's jobs out there that will, you know, hire anyone. So don't worry. And best of luck to all doing examinations this week. There's Miley Cyrus. Midnight Sky on LMFM's 11 to 1. Festivals are back, music concerts are back and it is great to see that happening again. And I'll tell you what else is back. The Back Garden Festival uh, with Harvey Norman and JBL. We've teamed up with them once again. So all the biggest festival favourites are on one stream. So you can listen on the LMFM app and lmfm.ie. So if you're chilling in the Back Garden or if you just want some festival vibes indoors, if it's raining, it doesn't matter. We have the Back Garden Festival for you. So lmfm.ie and that's all with thanks to Harvey Norman and JBL, your specialists in sound this summer. It was hugely popular last year, so we had to team up again and bring it back to you once again this year. So it's a great playlist to enjoy there, all on lmfm.ie or on the LMFM app. Now, sexting, sexting, what is this? I only came across this this morning. Had to tell you more about it. Apparently, President Joe Biden and his wife, Jill, are fans of sexting. I'm going to tell you all about this just after these. 11 to 1. Some couples resort to the silent treatment when they're annoyed with each other. Some roar and shout and have big arguments. Some have the whispering arguments. When the children are in earshot, we're talking about now a new way to argue. Fexting. Fexting. It's the new way to argue with your loved one. I'm going to tell you more details after Harry Styles. Hello, I'm Harry. Harry Styles, as it was. It's a new word that I've added to my vocabulary. It's called sexting. Sexting. It's the new thing. It's happening with couples all around the place now because according to First Lady Jill Biden, sexting is the way forward when it comes to having it out with your partner or spouse. It's like a good sexting, she's saying. She recently revealed that when she has a bone to pick with her husband, President Joe Biden, I mean, it's probably lots of bones to pick with him, uh, she'll favour texting over arguing in in person in front of an audience or the Secret Service. Okay, I can understand why these guys are going to be sexting, you know what I mean? They're surrounded by people 24-7, like security, you know, assistants, people that are pulling, they'll... Uh, bill here and there you know for different meetings and whatever else or Joe Biden even I meant um, and <laughs> 
she's like so essentially what they do is they take out the mobile phones and they go I can't believe you didn't do the washing today or whatever it is you know and (laughs) it's just the most bizarre thing ever like how much more satisfying is it going to be to be able to let loose and roar at somebody face to face as opposed to over a text I don't know how damaging this could be in the long run I'd feel like you know the text is being sent and they're not getting the full ferocity unless you put like loads of caps and loads of angry face emojis in there but that's going to take time you know you know if you're in a blind rage of anger as well like you know you're not going to it's going to make you more frustrated texting fexting whatever it is so they say uh, this guy Richard Hogan he's director of Therapy Institute and he's a columnist with the Irish Examiner he was talking about this talking about fighting over text or fexting and he says it actually reminds me of John and Mary and Father Ted the couple that's always all smiles in front of the priests but at each other's necks privately those guys he was saying it just seems so bizarre he says obviously the Bidens will be concerned with their arguments being on public record for life um, however if you're going to have a texting fight it's there you know so you're sitting at home going through messages maybe the fight has kind of dispersed or you know it's it's finished and then you're going to look at the messages again and then all these annoying feelings of frustration and anger are going to bubble back up again because they're there unless obviously you delete the entire thing I don't know Um, so (laughs) I don't know fexting couples of the northeast is this going to be the new craze you know what i mean no longer will we have shouting matches no longer will we have the silent treatment no longer will we have the whispering arguments that i like to have you know my husband so is this going to be the new craze could you imagine picking up your phone to text your husband and argue over text what way do you argue with your significant other does it work as well, does the argument always get resolved? Let us know. 86 658 It's relationship advice with Sinead on the show today. <laughs> How do you argue? What's a good way to argue? You know? Is fexting the new way? I'd love to hear your views on this. 86 658 Mick Christopher, hey day on LMFM's 11 to 1. You're getting in touch about fexting and the way that you argue. What way do you argue with your significant other? Does it work? 86 658 We'll get to those messages very shortly. Today is World Ocean Day and marine litter is a huge issue of concern affecting the ocean around the world. So this is a day to highlight the important role that the ocean has for our life and our planet. There's a number of cleanups happening around coastal areas in the northeast. I'm going to be finding out more about this with Sinead McCoy. She's Communications Manager for Clean Coast. She's going to join us just after these. 11 to 1. Today marks World Ocean Day, a chance to highlight the important role the ocean has for our life and planet. And this year, the focus is on the 30 by 30 campaign aiming to create a healthy ocean and for the wildlife there and to stabilise the climate. It's a matter of great urgency that our planet's land, waters and oceans are protected by the year 2030. So this year, Irish environmental charity Clean Coasts has joined forces with the National Spring Clean to provide uh, communities around the country with free cleanup kits to host a cleanup over the next few days. So there's 10 cleanups happening around be- beaches in Louth and 10 in Meath and people around here are being encouraged to take part. Joining me now to tell us more is Sinead McCoy. She's Coastal Communities Manager for Antoshka. How are you doing Sinead? 
Good, good. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. So World Ocean Day today, Sinead, and one of the big issues of great concern is the amount of litter that's found in our ocean. So how bad is the litter situation around coastal areas? Um, well, it's around the whole ocean. Like It is a global issue. Um, it's a global problem. Um, so we are finding um, litter washed up on our beaches as well as litter being left on our beaches, unfortunately. Um, and we have, like within Clean Coast, um, we have over 1,800 groups of all across Ireland that will go out and clean up the beaches. Um, but it is, it's, a, it's a massive issue, uh, both on our coastline and throughout the ocean. Um, we've seen it, you know, I know we've spoke about research a number of times that have been mm. done in Ireland um, about uh, plastic um, being in de- every level of the ocean that we've been able to investigate. We, 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 plastic is found. As well as that, you know, a few years ago we've been talking about um, plastic on the, within the scales of fish and now it's found in the stomachs of fish. Like it's just, it is everywhere um, and it is a case of just being conscious of the impact of our actions. Um, we are producing more and more plastic every year um, and we're producing more and more waste every year. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, that is obviously what's feeding the problem. Like the, our actions on land have an incredible impact um, on the world's ocean. Yeah, and you're, you're pick, just picking up on a couple of things there. You know, as you say, you know, we, we, we're talking about the amount of plastic that we're using all the time, but we're not seeing a huge reduction in this. This is probably the main thing that's ending up in the ocean that's severely damaging for the wildlife there. Yeah, it is. Um, they, we always, our groups will always comment on the amount of plastic that's on the tideline. So that's coming in. Um, as well as obviously what's been left. But the stuff that's coming in, it, it is very similar to what's been left by people on the coast. Like it is uh, food packaging. It's, mm. you know, pack, the package around, you know, Mars bar, the, you know, the, your sandwich, all of that there we, we're seeing on the tideline coming in. So it's, it's, a lot of that is already in the ocean. And in, in terms of like people dropping, like if you drop litter in, in a town city, like away from the coast, it's just really one gust of wind before that becomes marine litter. Um, uh, you know, overflowing bins and, and just the amount of uh, and all the stuff that's going to landfill. Again, it's just one gust to wind to make that marine litter. It's the amount of waste that we're producing. It's just we're seeing it now um, very much in, in, in our cleanups along the coast and in the studies into our, into the world's ocean. So, yeah, it, it's everywhere. That's kind of the problem. And it's just we're continuously producing waste on a daily basis um, and it's just to get people a little more conscious that we're not asking like you know we understand that it's difficult um, I was to them this morning about they were kind of talking about when they were growing up like they were going to uh, the market for their groceries yes so, exactly you know, you know the bacon was wrapped in paper at the counter and and it was, they went to all the different shops and it was very little plastic and what they were what they were going to get but nowadays it's actually quite difficult it can be for some people difficult in their life because they have to travel maybe a little bit further to a mm-hmm. farmer's market or they're not aware what, where the farmer market is, what time it's open at. Um, and I suppose, you know, one great thing that people could do for World Oceans Day is just maybe to educate yourself on maybe what's available around your region. Yeah. Uh, is there any plastic free stores? Is there any markets? Is there, like, does your butcher mind if you came in with the lunch boxes as opposed to, uh, getting it all wrapped you know it's just well, that's a really good tip and I'm sure the, the regular butcher wouldn't mind that at all you know you come in with your own container I'm sure he'd be happy enough to, to facilitate that that's a really really great tip and you know are you seeing an increase though in, in people taking on board this message this need to protect oceans 
Absolutely, yeah. We we are like I've seen eighteen hundred groups. Like we never actually thought we'd get that far. Like we weren't yeah. pushing it. People were coming to us. Like a few years ago, like about four years ago, that was like four hundred five five hundred groups, and it's just ballooned in this net. And we were, we've been going for for twenty years now, and um, so it's just ballooned over the past number of years. And it is that awareness. It is you know people watching the documentaries and people seeing it in the news, us talking about it today, that people get just becoming more aware of the issue. So people are very engaged. I think the Irish sphere is very much about community. Uh, and we've seen that time and time again in Ireland, like people like coming out and doing clean-up speech cleans, and obviously with National Spring Clean in their towns and villages as well. So I think people are much more engaged, and they're also engaged in reducing plastic. Like if you're more places that you go, you don't expect to see as much plastic. I think, you know, you nearly get a reaction. Mm. So, so I mean, like for festivals, yeah, that maybe everything was in plastic before. A lot of people would complain if it was all plastic forks, and you know, because do, we don't expect it as much, which is great to see that shift. Um, and we see plastic-free societies or plastic-free communities, um, and people then when they enter these communities, they're not seeing a plastic fork; they're seeing the bamboo fork. If you yeah. are taking the takeaway container, it's in the paper container to take away, and. Then once there's more of that, that's what people expect, yes. and that's kind of where we're moving. People actually react negatively to getting things in plastic containers these days, which is which is really nice to see that their the expectation is actually the, the opposite of maybe even five years ago. What would yeah. have been this? Absolutely. Massive shift. And as you say there, you know, the the bamboo forks, the paper kind of the cardboard containers for food. I find that the smaller kind of restaurants and coffee shops are definitely taking that message on board more, which is great. And, you know, you mentioned the cleanups there that took place in April this year. You guys in Clean Coast have teamed up with the National Spring Clean, a great move, which has yielded great positive results for you as well. So many people getting involved in those cleanups. Yeah, uh, we have cleanups all throughout uh, Lies and Leaves. Um, and there's some, some groups that have worked for a few years that are absolutely fantastic, like Cooley Peninsula Community, uh, but Betty's Time, Carlingford. Um, there's different cleanups. They're all on actually our map on the Clean Coast website, cleancoast.org. And so you can go on and see what's happening in your region. And then as well as that, we're really just like, if you want to organise cleanup, I know obviously all the packs have been sent out last week, but you can also like go on if there's a, not a cleanup happening in your region. You can still register as a Clean Coast group generally and contact us and, and we'll be back and once you register, we'll be back in touch with you. Um, and we can kind of help you facilitate any cleanup you might want to do throughout the summer. Um, so, yeah, it's all up on our Clean Coast website. There's uh, cleanups happening, like you say, you know, 10 in, in, 10 in live, 10 in yep. leave. Um, there's also the two minute beach clean cleanup that we're promoting as well that anytime you're on a beach just do two minutes yeah I've done um, this myself those. actually locally there's a there's actually um, there's uh, bags and litter pickers and things like that uh, particularly I've noticed this at Term and Feckin Beach when we go out there the whole lot of the kids uh, we kind of make it like a competition of how many people oh, okay. how many things you can pick up as you go along and it's such a great idea and like that you know you're going for your walk anyway why not be doing something for the environment as, as you go along it's a great great idea I want to chat to you as well because you guys are doing such amazing work. You've launched a number of great in- initiatives including the Love Your Coast Photography Competition. You also lo- launched the Two Marine Biodiversity Directories last month and now you have the Enjoy and Protect Guide about wildlife photography. Tell us about these. Yeah, uh, we've run the Love Your Coast Photography Competition for a good few years now. I think it's our 12 or 13 year run it and we get amazing shots. It's really like celebrating that coastline. Um, and even like if you don't take photographs yourself, just do pop onto our website. Like the shots that you get to see of Ireland and how we use our beach and celebration of it is, is are fantastic. 
Um, but one thing that we are seeing is that a lot of photographers weren't aware um, of licensing laws around taking photographs of wildlife and, you know, of nesting birds and everything about there. So mm-hmm. we worked with uh, Irish Wild Dolphin Group, Birdwatch Ireland um, and Seal Rescue. Um, and we put together from us all and from our judging panel um, guidelines for people just so they know. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people are actually really excited to get this information. They don't actually feel, you know, that they're told not to do something. They actually want to know what they can and can't. So uh, we have that guide that we've launched today. Um, also, the Love Your Coast Photography Competition is now running. It was launched um, last week or the week before, um, and that will run throughout the whole summer. It doesn't close until 29th. So any images you take this year, or even if you have images in the bank from from previous, from earlier in the year um, of the Irish coastline, uh, we'd love you to send them in. And we have five different categories. It's all up on the website. Wildlife, obviously, is one of them, but it's also coastal heritage, coastal landscape, creativity on the coast, um, and people on the coast. And really? um, so... Yeah, there's there's those of you know whatever kind of photography you're into there's an avenue there uh, there was a prize fund of uh, five thousand over the, the five categories um, and we're really excited to see what comes out this year um, I think more people have got into photography and yes, during COVID it's so, been the yeah. lockdown hobby it really has yeah, and so yeah. I've seen some amazing some stunning images online of people as you say capturing the coastline in, in really creative imaginative ways and that's such a useful guide as well that people can pick up uh, for wildlife because as you say people could be disturbing certain species or you know there's lots of different issues that is tied into that so that's very interesting that you have that as well uh, Sinead are you hopeful that you know your job will become less and less of a, of a, <laughs> yeah. over the next couple of years in terms of promoting this message. Yeah, I am looking forward to being put out of business. Definitely. <laughs> no, I, I I genuinely see that. Like you're gonna, you mentioned there that we're doing the biodiversity guide. We're launching the, the photography competition. Like the reason that we're doing that biodiversity guide, the reason that we have those plastic free guides is that people want them. Mm. You know, people are really engaged and really interested. So yeah, it's it's really motivating for us to see that. Um, and even like we obviously like well, not obviously but like twenty years ago we were very focused on beach cleans. Yes. And it's a very much evolved since that even groups I would say the groups obviously they're in their twenty years are taking on more action, doing plastic free communities or coastal restoration work. There's other groups that are in there for three or four years with us and working with us that are doing coastal restoration work now and that we're doing workshops to like upskill them on marm grass planting or communication skills so that they can go into local businesses and try and get them on board. It, like it's there's so much that people kind of want to hand with or want us to maybe bridge the communications with the local authority or um, other stakeholders, and that's kind of what we do. Which we definitely walk in and see what the group wants. Yeah, is the biggest thing, and then we'll we'll provide what that is, whether it's training or whether it's just you know what does what ways does waste collection work in my region? Um, how do I get in touch with my local NPWS officer? Like anything like that there, we'll just kind of there to help. But yeah, I, I definitely see us getting busier but it's in a different way. Like it's yeah. because people want to do more, which is great. That is fantastic. Really positive uh, to see that happening as well, Sinead. Listen, thank you so, so much for joining me today. No problem at all. Thanks no a million. Sinead McCoy there. And if you want to find out more information about the clean ups that are happening in Louthan Mead, you'll ha- find it all. Cleancoast.org. All of the information that myself and Sinead discussed, you'll find there. Cleancoasts.org. 11 to 1. Continuing the discussion on World Ocean Day now in the Northeast Update. 
LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 7744 On this day in 1949, Secker and Warburg published George Orwell's seminal novel 1984. The novel follows a member of the ruling party in Oceana uh, named Winston Smith, who secretly despises the government and dreams of overthrowing it. He enters into a band, band relationship with Julia, his colleague. 1984 is his most famous work, gave rise to the term Orwellian, used to describe anything immensely restrictive and harmful to a free society. The book, of course, has been adapted into many forms, including a film in 1984 starring John Hurt and Richard Burton. And today's World Ocean Day, celebrating the ocean and the important role it plays in our lives. Uh, so the focus is on conservation, uh, sustainability and making sure that the ocean stays clean. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drogheda and Dundalk showrooms. Discover more at Senator on LMFM's 11 to 1. News at 12 is approaching and later on we're going to be meeting uh, Maria Fleming. She is CEO of First Fortnight. So First Fortnight it happens every year in January, the first two weeks of the year. It's an arts and culture festival and we normally feature it on the show in January and um, now they have developed and expanded a bit and they have an event happening at the end of June and it's uh, very much promoting mental health and opening up the conversation around mental health and reducing the stigma around mental health so we're going to be finding out more about the festival weekend it's happening in Dublin and also in Belfast there's a series of events there that's going to be happening so we'll be chatting to Maria and I'm getting back to your messages on sexting on 086 1800 658 that's all to come 11 to 1 on air, online, on your smart speaker, this is LMFM. That's Years and Years with King. Sinead Brazel here with you till one. Earlier on, we were talking about different ways, more creative, inventive ways that you can argue with your other half. Now, some couples like to endure, you know, the silent treatment. Some will roar and shout. Some, like me, have the whispering arguments when the kids are in the earshot. You're just, oh my God. But now, the new craze is... Sexting. Oh yeah, Jill Biden, First Lady, came out about this recently. She says that herself and President Joe Biden like to text uh, and argue over text, basically. So it's called sexting. Okay, so just imagine the scene. You're just furious with your other half. Uh, so you have to get out your phone and just be like, I can't believe that you did that. Oh my God. Oh my God. How am I even married to you? This is what would happen, you know, but you'd be all emojis and things like this would be popping up as well. And big capital letters, you'd just be, it'd infuriate you even more, I think, trying to type out an argument to your other half. We're asking, how do you like to argue on the programme today? 86 658 Mick says, Sinead, I find the best thing to do is duck out of the house when the wife... <laughs> And out of the wife's way while she's, uh, you know, in an arguing mood. Uh, when she's cooled down, then I come back. Top tip, come back with flowers, says Mick. He's happily dodging arguments for 25 years. <laughs> Does that not make her more annoyed, though, that you've vanished and she can't fully, you know, express her anger, anger at you? Um, Amanda says, Sinead, I can't imagine myself texting my boyfriend to have an argument. Defo face to face so I can see him squirm. Says Amanda, she likes the L face to face so she can see them squirm. Uh, another message here. 
Sinead, if I argue, it is usually the silent treatment until the storm is over. Texting might help because in an argument, what boils my blood pressure is that smirk on your partner's face. If they laugh, tell you to calm down or try to continue to have the last word, texting might be safer. All things that would also get my blood pressure up as well. Calm down, calm down. No, I will not calm down. Or have the last word. I kind of love having the last word. You know what I mean? That's the, that's the rule. I have to have the last word. In our house. Texting might be safer, says this option. Uh, Sandra says, Sinead, screaming and shouting, I'm afraid, but we never let it last too long. We always make up. Well, this is the key, isn't it, to long lasting relationships, you know? How do you like to argue? Would you be a fan of a sexting now, in, <laughs> like the president and his wife? 086 1800 658. The Buzz on LMFM. With thanks to the LMFM app. Download for free now and take us with you everywhere you go. Hi, I'm Louise. Love Island got underway last night and once the girls had settled in, Dublin's Dammy was the first man to be introduced to the villa. However, there was a twist in this year's episode as show bosses put the power in the public hands, allowing people to vote for who should be coupled up. This year, we've taken the decision out of your hands. Okay. Place it in the hands of the public. Oh. <laughs> Andrew, we've given the decision of who you couple up with to the public. Okay, cool. Mariah Carey's been sued for 18 million euro over her hit song All I Want for Christmas Is You. The pop star and her co-writer Walter Afansif are both named in the copyright lawsuit being brought by songwriter Andy Stone. He claims he wrote the hit in 1989 and never gave permission for it to be used. Mark Ronson has released a video of him explaining how Back to Black came to be with Amy Winehouse. He also shows us Amy's first vocal recording of the hit. I wrote the song Back to Black with Amy Winehouse uh, some 15 years ago at this exact piano right here. Next day she came in and wrote these incredible lyrics which she scribbled in the back room. And for the first time ever, maybe, here are the very first vocals that she did. We never said goodbye with words. I died a hundred days. That's The Buzz. I'm Louise. The Buzz on LMFM. With thanks to the LMFM app. Download for free now and take us with you everywhere you go. Message coming in on 86 658 Hi Sinead, if I have a row with my partner, depending on how serious it is, would not be a fan of texting. Say, or fexting, say what I have to say. Don't like it, he knows where the front door is. Oh, no messing. No messing with this one. Also, somebody that doesn't want to give their name. By the way, I completely understand that. We don't want to be causing any arguments. <laughs> the show today Sinead my lovely wife is a fan of shouting match I like to try and avoid it and also she loves to bring up past mistakes defo not given my names is this message yeah sometimes that happens doesn't it you know it's supposed to be forgiven and then the past kind of uh, you know arguments spill into the present argument how do you like to argue 86 658 also tips for making up with somebody as well also helpful on 86 658 11 to 1 
first fortnight, a two-week festival of art and culture takes place during the first two weeks of each new year and it was created to highlight and raise awareness of the importance of addressing mental health issues in this country. The festival has been hugely successful and now organisers are following on from this by creating a weekend event at the end of the month. So it's called First Fortnight, the Grand Stretch Therapy Sessions and as we'll see artists, songwriters, spoken word artists, poets come together for two nights of art and culture in Dublin and also in Belfast. Joining me now to tell us more about this is CEO of First Fortnight, Maria Fleming. How are you doing, Maria? I'm doing great. Lovely to chat to you. It's great to have you back on the programme and it's wonderful to see this festival grow and expand so much from its original format. But for people not familiar with First Fortnight, tell us what it's all about because really this was sort of set up to open up the... kind of set up in response really to the mental health crisis, wasn't it? It was indeed. So it was two friends sitting around the kitchen table in Tala over 10 years ago having a conversation about the mental health crisis in Ireland and further abroad and what could they do about it. And they both had a really strong interest in the arts and knew, like many people do, the healing power of the arts and how the arts and culture can open up conversations and discussions that maybe we wouldn't normally have So they looked to set up a festival of the arts that would be used to tackle, for the main reason, to tackle the stigma that's attached to mental health. Mm. So that people felt open to having conversations. And once people could talk about what was happening for them, what was happening for family members, then you can address it and do something about it. So our aim is to tackle the stigma and by tackling the stigma, open up the conversation and hope open up pathways for people to get help if they need it. And it's been hugely successful. I mean, like as you mentioned there, it's over 10 years now at this stage, 11 years on the go. There's a huge response every year to your events. I mean, you must be thrilled with how it's grown and developed. It's fantastic. Yes, I'm only with the organisation a short time, but I would have been aware of the organisation from its founding. And what started off as a grassroots organisation run by two friends and pulling in their family members and other friends, it's now become, you know, a large regular organisation and we have support from so many artists, individual artists, but also different arts organisations and venues and we have partnerships with the likes of the Irish Film Institute, with um, Smock Alley Theatre, with the National Library. So we're growing and expanding through our partnerships with all the arts sector in Ireland. It's fantastic to see. And now you've grown in, and expanded into the summer months. Tell us about the Grand Stretch Therapy Sessions. So you've got this planned for Dublin and Belfast the 24th and 25th of June. That's right. And this is out of uh, necessity um, because when we were just about to start our festival this January, if people could throw their mind back, they might remember the sudden restrictions that came in after another wave and uh, audiences capacity were reduced by 50% and there was a curfew of 8pm on events in Dublin and while many of our events could survive that, those kind of restrictions the therapy session is a fantastic gathering of people and the audience and it's a real connection between the artists and the audience who were there and it needs more of a celebratory atmosphere so rather than 
you know, make restrictions and changes on it, we decided to push it out to the summer months. And we love our new title. Instead of being in January, we're now in June in the grand stretch of first <laughs> fortnight. And we're going to be in Workman's in Dublin and in the Duncairn Arts Centre in Belfast. And we have a, a fantastic variety of spoken word artists and musicians, all brilliantly curated and fronted by our friend and colleague Stephen James Smith, who will be MC on both nights. And uh, people will be familiar, I'm sure, with Stephen James Smith's own spoken word. He's a fantastic artist and we're delighted to be working with him again this year. He's a great supporter of First Fortnight. Uh, yeah, he really is amazing. If people get a chance to see him, he, he he's incredible. And, you know, as you mentioned there, the, the therapy sessions, they're a staple of the original First Fortnight Festival. It's a big highlight for people. And as you rightly mentioned, it has to be something that you experience together communally. And particularly spoken word, you know, performances, I feel, need to have that in-audience communal feel. Like there's an extent you can do it online, but it, there's sort of, it's, it's hard to describe this sort of togetherness that it sparks. And I think really spoken word is having a real moment, hasn't it, in the last little while and a great medium to convey this message of, you know, communicating with each other and and breaking down this stigma of mental health. It, it really is. You're dead right. It's having that moment. And what we love, what we're all about in First Fortnight is starting the conversation that friends and family members will have after the gig. And that can't happen on Zoom. So uh, when people are in person in the venue experiencing spoken word and we're so delighted um, that we have this such a diverse community among the spoken word performers in Ireland at the moment and we're delighted to have performers like Shandrika, Narayan, and Mohan and in Belfast we have Nandi Jola and they have so much to tell us and so much to say and I love hearing them and then of course the real importance of the therapy sessions as well is we have to be able to dance yes. so when we have the music um, performers such as Kieran Lavery up in uh, Belfast and Tomake and Toshin in Dublin we want to be able to hear their music we want to dance together and then we want as an audience to have the chats have those conversations about things that will be brought up through the spoken word through the chats with Stephen James Smith on the night so I'm really looking forward to meeting our audiences to meeting the artists and celebrating the power of the art yeah, you're you're so right and this that idea of coming together even and releasing tension and dancing as well. It's a great kind of way of, of an icebreaker and, and people opening up to each other. And you know, the, the festival, it's grown so much. It's been so important to, to driving conversation around mental health. Are you hopeful? Are things changing for the better in this country? I mean, we're certainly discussing mental health more, but are you hoping that the, this breaking down of the stigma of mental health will, will continue? Yes, well, we are very ambitious in our aims, so we want to end the stigma um, and we'll continue working in whatever way we can to contribute to that solution. But definitely, I think over the last couple of years, um, people have had a lot of time to look in the mirror, a lot of time to think and have become very aware maybe of their own vulnerability, of the vulnerability of those closest around them and maybe become aware that Um, there's a vulnerability around our mental health that we all need to talk about and we can look after each other and it's to look at the positives as well in how we can help each other and one thing that we're aware of in First Fortnight is while 
the lockdowns and the pandemic um, ignited lots of conversation around anxiety and depression. There are other um, elements of mental health that maybe people are are still concerned about addressing, maybe around uh, eating disorders Mm. or more severe um, illnesses around mental health. So we want to ensure that there's no stigma attached to any element and that people feel supported and loved by their community regardless of where they're at on their mental health journey and having that conversation and making it really easy and possible for people to ask for help because the help is there if they need it. Yeah, you're so right. And, you know, there was a huge focus during the the pandemic and I think, you know, more conversation was happening around it. But I think even now that the pandemic is kind of coming to an end and we're, we're back to normal life, it's it's important that the focus isn't gone from there because a lot of people even now are kind of still reeling from everything that has happened in the pandemic. So it's to kind of ensure and to check in on people. And I think what's really important as well when you are talking to friends and family is to go, you know, are you OK? No, are you really OK? You know, it's like asking that question twice even, isn't it? Yeah, I think just to, you know, just to check in our, with our friends and family. And we know, you know that way, if there's, if there's people that you know and you ask them, are they okay? You know from the response whether you need to follow up with them, whether they maybe need a little bit more support or the odd text or phone call to keep mm. them encouraged. And you're right in what you say, like with the end of the pandemic, for some people, there's a pressure to be, now we all have to be back to normal. Yes. And it's not that simple. It's not a switch that you flip we're all feeling the pressure of being out again in gatherings and social situations and maybe trying to readjust. So I think a very large dollop of kindness all around at this point wouldn't go astray. And just being aware that everybody's, you know, at a different place on their journey back into normal, whatever normal now is. Absolutely. Maria, always a pleasure talking to you. Continued success with First Fortnight and with the Grand Stretch. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, thank you. Thanks a million. Maria Fleming there, CEO of First Fortnight. So the events are happening Friday 24th of June in the Workman's Club in Dublin and also on Saturday 25th in Duncairn in Belfast. All the details you can find firstfortnight.ticketsolve.com That's directly to the to the tickets for them and also firstfortnight.ie 11 to 1 this is LMFM's 11 to 1, Robert Miles and Children. It's the new craze. It's the way forward when it comes to having it out with your partner or space, according to First Lady Jill Biden. We're talking about fexting. It's when, you know, you want to give out to somebody, but you don't want to do it in front of other people. So you text them. We're asking you, what's the best way to have an argument? 86 658 Sinead, I'm laughing at the whispering argument. The whispering argument. Where are you? children are around and you're so annoyed so annoyed with you I am that's the arguments that you have when your kids are around um, Zoe says I'm laughing at that that's us right now we have lots of small kids around the place so needs must she says um, also silence works wonders for me at the end of the day I wouldn't win an, wouldn't win an argument so silence is golden says this texter oh no, I couldn't. I couldn't stay silent. No, it's definitely not in my nature. Somebody else saying, if I was to text, I'd have no credit left. <laughs> uh, I'm separated now since that message. Yeah, that's another thing, isn't it? Waste of credit. Waste of good credit when you could be shouting face to face. 
Have you heard of silently fuming, Sinead? That's me. If my other half does things to annoy me, I silently fume. But my body is noisy, says Claire. Cue cabinet doors banging, angry chopping of veg, that kind of thing. I stew for a while. Best leave me be until the storm passes. Claire, I can imagine you there chopping. She's chopping furiously. Everybody watch out. <laughs> Love it. Keep them coming in to me. What's the best way of having an argument? Are you like Claire? Do you silently fume? But everything around you is noisy as you bang and clatter about the place. 86 658 Now it's time for this. LMFM Job Search. With thanks to LMFM Online. Check out the latest Northeast news, sport and entertainment on lmfm.ie. Meath County Council requires an executive engineer to apply. Please see current vacancies on the Meath County Council website for an information booklet and an application form. Seapoint Golf Club are looking to recruit a full range of hospitality staff. Uh, Please email Antoinette. So Antoinette.Gregory at seapoint.ie for all the details there. And Sky Handling Partner Dublin Airport are recruiting full-time baggage handling agents. Apply to jobs at shp.ie. And don't forget all of the details of those jobs can be found on our local job section on lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search. 11 to 1. With- I absolutely adore Dolly Parton and she's back in the news because her novel Run, Rose Run is going to be adapted into a film by Reese Weatherspoon's production company. So it was released in March this year. It's on my list. I still haven't re- uh, read it yet. But uh, it was co-written by Dolly and also author James Patterson. And uh, she revealed the book, which shares the same title as her most recent studio album. So this is going to be made into a film by Reese Witherspoon's production company, Hello Sunshine and Sony Pictures. So it's going to be going to the big screen, which is amazing. So the novel follows a young singer during her rise to fame, whilst also on the run and determined to survive. So apparently uh, Dolly Parton is going to star in the film adaptation, which is great as well. And um, Reese Witherspoon's production company has a, a good track record of um you know maybe adapting books to um really successfully uh, managed to uh, produce a number of titles including The Morning Show and also the adaptation of Celeste Ng's novel Little Fires Everywhere which is absolutely brilliant as well as that uh, this July where The Crawdad Sing is due for release from her production company as well. So Dolly and Reese teaming up Run Rose Run film adaptation exciting things. There's pink all I know so far almost time to go but Leave the last word on arguments to Trevor. Sinead, I find it best to let my wife think she has won the argument, but really I've won, he says. <laughs> Trevor, thank you so much. And thank you so much to everybody who messaged into the show about arguments and fexting. I think the best thing to do as well is to just sort of, you know, not to go to bed on an argument. Isn't that the, the best kind of piece of advice for people? <laughs> thank you so much for your company. As always, I leave you with the cranberries. We'll chat to you tomorrow. Have a great day. 11 to 1. L-M-F-M. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.